It's Friday the 2nd of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Dan McHugh and I'm joined by Brisbane comedian Shadwicker who's in Sydney to do some shows. Yeah, in Sydney to do the uh, comedy store this weekend, Dan, which is great. It's great to come down to New South Wales after two beautiful victories by the Maroons. And yes, I will be rubbing it in everyone's faces while I'm down here. A tour of smugness, if you will. The tour of smug, I like that. And I hope you take it to (laughs) your stage show and hope someone throws something at you just for being so smug. Oh, thanks, mate. I'm glad glad you're you're begging for me to be attacked on stage, but nonetheless. Yeah, I'm into that. (laughs) I actually semi go for Queensland. It just depends who wins for me. Oh, shut up. No, I was born in Queensland. I was born in in Bowen. Oh, were you? Oh, well, then what are you doing? you got to go for us then. Yeah, when you win, absolutely. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Come on now. All right. (laughs) Today on the show, we'll be talking some tennis, French Open, a little bit of golf, some violence on the field. I think we're going to have a a weak point with AFL, and then we're going to hit the NRL, so stay with us. At Gradability, we believe that every graduate should have the skills and opportunity to pursue the career of their choice. But sometimes we need help to bridge that gap. And that's where the Gradability Accelerator Plus program or GAP program comes in. The GAP program is designed to supplement your learning with real life experience at one of our almost 12,000 host employers, giving you the vital experience needed to kickstart your professional career. Visit gradability.com.au for more information. Chad, you previously said you're not excited about it, but is there anyone you've been keeping an eye on in the French Open this year? Um, I mean, obviously, I keep abreast of the uh, of the Aussies that are going through. Demon, um, look, he did all right, but he was uh, he's been knocked out of the French Open. Kokonakis plays later today against uh, Kachanov, which is going to be a tough ask against eleventh seed. One of the big stories overnight that I've been really looking into this morning uh, was Germany's Daniel Altemeyer, who won the fifth longest French Open match um, on Thursday night, which was like crazy, this game. Like this is the scoreline for it, right? He saved two match points and he wasn't against like some debut either. It was the eighth seed Yannick Sinner, who is a big server, quite a like, really classy player. Uh, Altemeyer saved two match points in the fourth set to win a five-setter. This is the scoreline. Have a listen to this, right? 6-7, to win that match. Like everything except the middle set went to a tie break uh, or a breaker, uh, needing an extra break in the final set, of course. So an absolute epic that went for five hours and 26 minutes on clay. Mm, massive game. Yeah, huge. 79th, uh, 79th ranked in the world, beating the ninth seed. Pretty exciting. Will I be thinking that he's going to make it all the way through after that win? No. <laughs> um, there's still so much There's still so much class in the men's draw that's still floating around. I mean, you know, Rune got a walkover on Monfields, which is a shame. I really love Gail Monfields. But uh, but you've got, yeah, Alcaraz is still sitting high in there. Zverev still classy as ever, winning in straight sets as well. In the women's... Um, I'm liking Coco Goff at the moment. Six seed, uh, she won over Gaber, uh, six two six three. Obviously, everyone would be in the same camp going, it's Iga Schwartek, it's got to be Iga. Iga's going to win the whole thing. But I don't know, I'm, I'm loving the form of Coco Goff in the women's draw uh, who won uh, earlier this morning. So that would probably be who I'm keeping an eye on in the women's. The men's, uh, I don't know, it's... I just want Kokonakis to kind of get through, but there's so many big names there along with Djokovic. Yeah. 
that you just kind of like, I don't know. Um, I reckon this uh, bloke who beat Alex Dimonor, Thomas Martin Echeverry, is one to look out for um, on the clay because of his big hitting attitude. But something that I was uh, more intrigued by was uh, Novak Djokovic's uh, weird medallion or battery or whatever it was he had taped to his chest on the court. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw this like jangle, like this thing bouncing around on uh, socials the other day, and people are kind of like, "What is this metal thing strapped to his chest?" Obviously, people coming up with all sorts of stuff. You know what I reckon? I haven't read into it, but I imagine it's like one of those. Do you remember when people were wearing those wristbands with a little bit of metal in it, and there was like, "Oh, it's supposed to keep you centered." Novak's one of those kind of people. Like he's one of them. Kind those of bands aren't weird. meant to keep you centered. They're meant to protect you from electromagnetic fields. Okay, great. Well, that, yeah. I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that Novak's got hanging over his neck. I think it's one of those type of things. You'll find out that it's. Uh, oh yeah, this thing strapped to my chest keeps me zen, and my chakras all in line. <laughs> Surely there are some rules because it just looks like it's sticky taped on there. It's not like uh, the sticky tape is made out of um, you know organic. Or maybe it is. I hope it's made out of organic gum because if it's just some plastic tape, you know, sticking his magical coin to his chest, surely the, uh, you know, the uh, microplastics that he's absorbing will mm. negate will negate the magical luck. Well, I love some of the theories. Some people have put out there saying, you know, some more harebrained things like, oh, he's, he's like Iron Man. It's nanotechnology to help him play. Another one says a magnet for pain relief or others just saying that it's probably a biometric tracker just for him to study his uh, match afterwards like a GPS I think that, and whatnot. that's actually I likely. I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, obviously, lots of people care. The other thing I wanted to point out um, – with the Tanasi Kokonakis, uh, he's playing a bloke named Karen today. Yeah, and, Karen Kashinov. And Karen, you know, that that name is there to ruin a good time. So I think it's a bad omen. I really do. Oh, I don't think I don't think he's going to beat. I don't sound sad because he's Australian. I don't think he's going to be able to get over the top of Kachanov. Kachanov's bloody good tennis yeah. player. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I think he's going to have a hard time on the clay. I'd love to be proven wrong and eat my words, but yeah. I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough day at the office for Kokonakis. Hey, are you are you a golf man? Are you excited about the Australian Open, uh, which is coming to Sydney in December? Not really. I'm uh, I'm so bad. My mates actually stopped inviting me to play. They actually they actually bought me some clubs off Gumtree, dumped them at my house, and said, "Go hit the range uh, for a bit before we'll invite you back on the course because we can't be quote zigzagging up and down the uh, <laughs> fairway waiting for you." So <laughs> I'm not exactly the best at golf, uh, but I could get around Liv Cheller if it comes back. I know that's probably a poor thing to say with the Australian Open coming down here, but. Um, I am always excited for a sporting event, mate. Well, that's nice. I reckon you'd make a great caddy, an entertaining one. Maybe someone there to, uh, you know, supply the the drinks. Oh, yeah. Not not saying that you're only worthy of a barman, just saying you'd be good company on the field. I can read between the lines. Yeah, okay. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll be talking AFL and NRL after this. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home, and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now, you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use, and as small as a block of chocolate. 
Every home should have a Cellade. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your Cellade at cellade.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Hey, Shad, our Carlton Blues seem to have, um, you know, just failure after failure or disappointment after disappointment, I should say. Um, there's a lot of talk around young player Paddy Dow, who's played just three AFL games since Rowden 5 last year, uh, despite his status as the third overall pick in 2017's National Draft. Do you reckon his time is over? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, look, the story of Carlton is one that is just laced and drenched in disappointment. Um, This season has been, for a fandom, one of the worst collapses you could possibly experience in the sense that, you know, they were supposed to be a top eight side that only just missed out last year due to injuries and whatnot. And then they've just fallen apart over the last few weeks to now they're in a position where they won't make the eight. Um, Now they've got a bunch of injuries. Uh, What have they got? They've got Hewitt concussion, Newman hamstring, uh, dirt and knee, Holland's collarbone. There's a few others in there as well. And this long-time player that you drafted many years ago can't even get a uh, can't even get a start in your side. I, I think one of the things I've been reading about this is some of the talking heads in AFL saying, you know, Paddy Dow's going to be, you know, they're going to try and convince him to stick around in Carlton. They're all going, leave, <laughs> leave Carlton. That's when you know your team is in a bad spot when you're not even the bottom of the table, but but the talking heads of the sport are saying no one should sign with this team. Like that's a pretty damning kind of like assessment of your squad if you've got people out there telling your current players to definitely not entertain the idea of sticking around on top of the fact that you haven't been able to utilise a player since 2017 properly. Yeah, but the, the I mean, there are other talking heads just saying it's the end of Paddy Dow and that he's not just simply not good enough. So... Well, I think, I think it, people it, but, just like... I mean, it's hard to assess. Isn't yeah. it hard to assess in a team like Carlton Blues? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is, is, it, is it not hard to be like, is this guy good? Like, you could still leave and go into the open market and have that argument sure. with how Carlton have played over the last few years to go, am I bad or have I just been in one of the worst, like, failures of a team? I say they're the worst failures of a team because I'm a fan. That's not like they're finishing last on the table every year. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they've they've been a fucking basket case when it comes to results on the field that he could argue that maybe he isn't as bad as it seems. But... Yeah, I think there's arguments both sides, but I'm just so negative on my team, I'm going to blame the team. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I see your point there because cause there's a reason why uh, they're, I mean, they looked like they were going to be a bloody good side and that happens at the beginning of nearly every season and then they collapse. Surely that's got to be an issue with the actual, like entrenched in the club itself for it to be that bad, hey? Like it, it can't, you can't yeah. even blame the players, I reckon. So I, I think yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a there's a stench. Yeah. There's a stench hanging yeah. over from last year, and now from the first few weeks. Of, well, the first what have we got? We were going well in the first three or four weeks when we we're top of the yeah. ladder, and then the past few of just really, it's like, oh, this is Carlton. This is the Carlton that everyone in the AFL world said, careful, this this side's going to come back and do exactly what they do every other yeah. year. And it hurts even worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move away from that depressing topic and look <laughs> at NRL. Uh, the women's state of origin, amazing game. Queensland beats New South Wales 18 to 10. 
Oh, man. Back-to-back wins for Queensland. How nice is that feeling? Uh, New South Wales, obviously the, the uh, current champs, holders of the shield. The way that this works that I found out um, in the lead-up to the game this week, because I didn't like the idea of the women's only playing two games. I was like, give them three games, right? How's this going to work if New South Wales wins the first one? Is it like the Bledisloe Cup where it's just like, oh, well, it's over? Uh, but it's actually done on aggregate, like what you see in like FA Cups and stuff like that. So Queensland win. Uh, 18 to 10 by an eight-point margin, same as in the men's game on the Wednesday as well. Hello. Uh, but New South Wales can still retain the shield if they win by eight or more in game two. So it's not all over for Blues fans, but but it was a brutal contest. I mean, we had an elbow that took a New South Wales, uh, a New South Wales, a Sky Blues player out um, early, which was kind of worrying to see that they didn't stop the play when she went down obviously struggling to breathe, which is a little bit of a concern, but the brutality of origin is just wild, isn't it? I love the Shashalka um, uh, intercept try as well. It was a great moment for Queensland. Uh, but, oh, God, I love origin. I love it that there's back-to-back games. Don't you reckon that's awesome? Like two nights in a row you get two origin games? It's just amazing, yeah. Oh, mate, it's great. And it's such a, like, it's, I will say, I know I described how the two-game system works, but, mate, give it maybe one more year, and then I think we're going to be doing three. What? Just give them sure. three games. I think it's stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah, it is dumb. I think they're, they're kind of dragging it out. I reckon the numbers, I'd love to see what the viewership numbers were last night. Um as a back-to-back against Origin, because I think I think that that's gonna. I think they'll find that oh, actually, yeah, this is because it's always media companies going oh, it's a viable blah, blah blah. But I think it's gonna be very clear that last night went well. Okay, so still talking Origin, the legacy media are saying Munster is the next Origin legend, comparing him to King Wally Lewis. What do you reckon? A little bit of blasphemy, but also, yeah. what's legacy media? Just old people. No, legacy media <laughs> is like uh, Channel Nine. Channel 10, Channel 7. Is it Channel 9 or is it Buzz Rothfield as he sits there awakening from his tomb each night for 360? Well, so, I mean, that's still, that's still legacy media. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh, look, I think that his resume is building up, isn't it, Money? I love I love Munster. I mean, it's always hard to, to say, you know, once, once you mention the king, it's too hard to be like, oh, they're the next king. Like, it's, it's kind of a off, out of bounds kind of discussion when it comes to Queensland. Uh, rugby league in origin, but Money's resume is huge. He was quiet in that game one, um, but he, you know, he's shown he, he popped up in the last few moments to really make it important. And I think that's kind of where the comparisons come into it, where it's like you know, he he turns up. Wally would turn up when it was time, even on the back end of his time in Origin. Um, but he's wearing the number six. I, I, I'm not going to say he's next Wally Lewis because it's just ridiculous. He's Cam Munster and he's his beast of his own. And I think that he, when when push comes to shove and his resume comes together, if this run key, if we can get a run going again with Queensland, he's been a, on the cusp of the greatest era of Origin football we've ever seen and possibly will ever see. And he's formulating his own right now. If Queensland win this series and go on to win three, he's one of the greatest five eights. He goes he goes into that great five eight uh, Hall of Fame that. You know, has Wally at the front of the queue with uh, people like Darren Lockyer and whatnot and then Jonathan Thurston ahead of him as well. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. 
A big thank you to our sponsors. Cell AED. Big thanks to them. And we'll be back next week with your daily dose of sport. And hopefully Shane Lee will be back on the ground. We'll see. We'll see while he's still jet-setting around Europe, probably. All right, see you guys. Hi, it's David Poir here, host of the Employability Podcast. We have a new season of episodes for you to listen to. So if you're someone starting out in your professional career and looking for a way to get ahead in the corporate world, tune in. On the pod, we talk to a bunch of people from diverse backgrounds who have navigated their way to successful careers here in Australia. Find the Employability Podcast on any podcast app and click to follow. Follow.